Hello, hello, this is Mr. Authentic 838, and we are back on the Unpacking Podcast today for another episode. And uh, one of our listeners uh, listened to one of our episodes that we did a couple months ago, and the title of that podcast was, um, Is Church Overrated? And he listened to it, and um, he uh, has a little feedback and wants to add on to that particular subject. And um, so today with me, I have Minister Reverend Marion Bass. Marion Bass. And um, he's going to come to us from a biblical standpoint on this particular subject. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, sir? Mr. Authentic, how you doing? I mean, I can't complain. I can't complain. I am here. I am here. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Everything's good. You got full on turkey and enjoyed family and so on, so on. I know that's right. I got beat up by my wife's cousin's little girl. <laughs> yeah, man. She's she's tough. She ain't but like four or five months, but man, she is heavy-handed. She is heavy-handed. She's too cute with a fat cell. But, man, it was a joy, enjoyable time. I, I made me some sweet potato pies, and um, we all ate up some good stuff. That's good. I Unfortunately, I had to go to work, but I got off at like 11, and then I kind of came down and got sick. Mm. So I'm kind of fighting that sickness now. <clears throat> but as far as that, man, everything was good. Everything was good. Can't complain too much. I think Motown might, Motown Gamings might call in after he's finished with uh, his route or whatever. So um, we'll we'll be on and in tune for that as well. But anyways, um, so when we discussed church overrated, first, how did you feel as a minister when we said that? Okay, as a minister, what I felt, uh, to tell you the truth, I, now when I was a first born, when I first became saved, when God first saved me, I was a new Christian. At the time, I probably would have been offended at the time, because I figured, well, church should churches where, you know, we call the church a hospital. We call the church a hospital and we, we go there to worship the Lord. And um, me as a new, me at the time as a new Christian would have been offended at the time. Right. But now myself, I've been in the ministry for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So I've been preaching for 10 years. So, I can relate to what y'all was talking about on that topic about is church overrated. I can relate to what you were saying because there's some things that's going on in church these days. Mm -hmm. There's some pretty rough stuff. Right. Pretty rough stuff going on in church and um... A lot of times, people.
people haven't addressed the issues that's going on in the church. So what happened is nowadays people look down on the church because of the bad thing that's happening in the church, which the topic you always talking about is overrated. Right. So, yeah, um, I got more to say, but I'm going to go ahead and let you do what you got to do. Well, I just felt like, um, I just felt like it needed, I wouldn't say it needed to be said, but it is a good question that needed to be, that it's a good question that needed to be asked because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that I know personally that are saved, but they really feel like, you know, they don't need church. And even I'm that way. I'm kind of like, I'm at that point too, where I'm just like, man, I love the Lord. I pray. And, you know, I read my Bible. I got a pretty good relationship with him and whatnot. And it's, I just feel like sometimes, is it really worth going, you know what I'm saying, and dealing with all of that extra stuff? And I know you don't go there to deal with all of that. And I know you're supposed to separate the Christ and the church. I know you're supposed to separate them so that way you can get a better understanding on what's being said and what's being told. But can you really separate but can you really separate you know the two? When if that's the case it's kind of like do I really even need to if that's the case this is just a building, you know, and I'm dealing with all this other stuff. And I guess it'd be no different than dealing with the world in general. Anyway, I just feel like some people feel like you shouldn't have to deal with that when you come to the church. And you and in the same sense, you can't expect the church to be perfect, neither. So you got to have that mindset that when you go, it's like. You know it's going to be a whole bunch of mess. You know it's going to be a bunch of drama and all that other stuff. And um, But some people just feel like, man, I don't want to go to church for all that. I want to go to church, get what I need to get, out, you know, service the Lord, praise the good word, or hear the good word, and then, you know, be gone. I don't want to have to go to church and deal with the same stuff that I deal with in the world. But then on the other hand, I understand that point because the same people that you deal with in the world are in the church. So you got to have a lower. So it's messed up to say what I'm about to say, but it's like your expectation for the church has to be lower than what you're supposed to hold the church at. Whatever or hold the church at a lower expectation than what you would typically want to hold the church as if that makes sense that makes, that makes a lot of sense I understand exactly what you're saying uh, um, I understand what you're saying because um, as I uh, told you mm-hmm. before I asked up being a, uh, my first uh, became a believer in Christ right. I was um, 
assume that the church would, would have the higher standard of being a saint right. of God to know you know to uh, be you 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 got to you know uh, you assume that the uh, saints believers we come in church uh, scriptures say I'm going to read a scripture from Hebrews 10 says 25 uh, Hebrews 10 verse 25 says not giving up I'm reading from the NIV not giving up meeting together as some as in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching so coming together is good Right. Ain't nothing wrong there, you know. As, as Scripture says, that we're supposed to come together. But see, what's going on is uh, what I have seen. Right. And uh, I understand what you, y'all coming at. I was, I wasn't offended about that uh, topic. That was actually a good topic. Yeah. I wasn't offended at all. What's going on is the people in church in the church are not conducting. Self the way of holiness. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. They, okay. They're not, they're not conducting themselves. They're not uh, being an example of how to live righteous living. Okay, let's put a pin in there. Let's unpack that for a moment. So, like, in the same sense, I feel like you can't fault some people, especially new believers. You can't fault them for not knowing how to live if this is something that you know you just uh, accepted and it's supposed to be set well this is just me personally thinking that it's supposed to be set that a certain walk and a certain way to behave and a certain way that you're supposed to carry yourself these people are supposed to have that in them so that way they can teach the new believers so that way they know how to conduct themselves properly too. And then when one person never gets that or doesn't understand it or doesn't get that teaching, when they get higher ranking in church or whatever, uh, bishop or whatever you want to call them, deacons or stuff, they don't do nothing but teach the bad habits that they learn onto the newcomers. And then it just cycles down from there. True. <laughs> <Hey>. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what's um, exactly what's really that's what's going on in churches today. Right. Um, the, the roadmap of living to conduct the holy way the way God wants us to Live is the Bible, right? But I do understand that none of us is perfect. I do understand that, right? That no, no man's perfect. I ain't, I ain't saying I am a perfect person. I we all make mistakes. We all sin, right? You know, but um, we uh, as believers, we're supposed to walk, try to try to walk that that right way like Christ did. Uh, strive but what's going on is like you just said many people are 
cycle. If I can just say it's a cycle. And this generation today, they seeing that. They seeing that cycle that's going on. They seeing well, this church is this church is acting just like my own boy, my or my own girl out there in the world. Right. That's so, true. <clears throat> they say, well, some of them, it's, it's like a 50-50 thing. Some of them, they'll come in because they, they like it. And then times that they just leave, they won't come in. So they say, oh, well, just like the world. I might go out and do what I used to do. What I'm doing now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, in the in the in the point where I say it has it has gotten a little overrated now because of the way that the of the way that the the, the people in the church right Conductive. are not uh, lining up with God's word. Right. Point. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Do you feel as a minister? Do you feel like some preachers? maybe taking that title a little bit lightly and what I mean by that is like um um let's use uh God and Jesus as an example God is a very strict individual Jesus, on the other hand, I think I feel like it's a little bit more passive. Don't get me wrong, though. There's a there's a line that's drawn in the sand that God laid for Jesus. And as much as Jesus may be like, okay, well, we're not going to be as strict as my father is, but we're going to stick to these lines. <clears throat> and I feel like some maybe those lines that ministers are supposed to be on. I don't think they're taking it as serious as the matter that they should. That's part of the reason why it crumbles like it does. You feel like you're saying? I agree with you. I agree with you on that because when God, he had sent his son Christ Mm -hmm. into the world, he was, uh, he had came as, he was, well, which he is. He's the Messiah. Came as that promise, the Messiah that, that was mentioned in the Old Testament. Right. Uh, many prophets have prophesied about the coming Messiah. Right. Jesus. And he came, uh, Scripture said, to set the captives free. And um, also he, had, he healed the sick. He also is God. Right. In the flesh. Matter of fact, matter of fact manifest in the flesh like the scriptures say and um what um as him being God he was perfect right he was perfect uh scriptures say he, he was tempted in all ways but never sinned but he also can know he know what temptation we go through right that's his grace right and uh, I'll tell you this what happened now is why the the preachers and bishops are not taking this. They oh, wait, wait, excuse me, let me rephrase this. The preachers and the, and the bishops are not 
taking it seriously, taking it lightly, is because of grace. Are you saying that they're taking it lightly because of grace? They're taking it lightly because they they look at grace, but they don't realize that grace is only for a limited time. Also, they're taking advantage of grace. There you go. Ah. I mean, shoot, but let's be honest. Let's be realistic. Who who is not taking advantage of grace? I mean, everybody is. Shoot, I am. Everybody's taking advantage of grace. I mean, there's not a person on this planet that's not taking advantage of, of grace. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason why we get as much leeway as we do. Because... God back in the day, Old Testament God? Eee, we be dead long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Old Testament God would have been and murdered everybody. He'd be like, uh-uh, I got no good. Because Old Testament God has no patience for the BS. He really don't. I don't think people understand the difference between God and Jesus. Like, Jesus is a patient person. God really doesn't God has patience to a certain extent. And then he's like, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm done. He said, Jesus, okay, look, man, you, you better get him. <laughs> I'm, finna, I'm finna be done. <laughs> and uh, I understand that I'm just, you know, I'm joking or whatever. But that is the, that is the difference between them both. And a lot of people may not look at it that way, and but that's just my personal relationship. And for me, and not having a better understanding on reading the Bible myself, I and mean, when you read it, you understand like, oh wow, man, grace is serious business, and it is not something to be taken lightly. I just feel like maybe for that, when it here's a thought. Tell me how you think about this. Um, like when you go to church, you always hear the preacher says that the head of the household, um, is the head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're using that, um, parable, if that's right, right? Is that a parable? The hell, uh, what's, what's your scripture on it? Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying like. The just the scripture in general when they say that they they're using the term head of household. Um, okay, I think okay. they're saying I don't think I think they take that out of context by using it for men at their house. In the same sense, I guess I see where they're going with it, but I really feel like that scripture is really meant for preacher and the head of the church household. Head of church? Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You know, I feel like that particular scripture is good for men to hear, but I really felt like that scripture was more meant to the pastor and a minister of the church. I understand. You know, because they're the household of that particular building. You know? And I feel like, you know, you kind of get, I feel like 
in today's age, people are not being strict about certain things. But I feel like, I don't know, if you're, I don't know, I feel like if you're too strict, then you probably won't get as many followers. But the followers you, but then you have to think like, you know, quality over quantity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I hear what, exactly what you're saying about the, the uh, man over the household. Um, typically, um, it says the man should love Christ. Should be, you know, Christ should be the, um, the head. Then the man is... Uh, is the head? That's what the scripture says in Corinthians. I'm trying to remember which scripture in Corinthians. But uh, what I believe is both. Uh, it also says that uh, that the man should. Uh, also, I believe the submission should also be towards the wife. Also, I, I believe it should be like uh, equal more of an equal equality person right. not, uh, not a man you know a man should be a man I, you know man should protect his wife his children should uh know how to make wise uh decisions and right. uh, stuff like that uh when to do things and stuff um man's men are necessary God put men down for a reason right men are necessary very necessary um what has happened? I hear what you're saying about that scripture. Some people have missed scripture to make it where I'm a man. I can do anything I want. I can beat my wife. I can do anything. I can say anything to my wife. I'm yeah. the head. So they they take it like well they can. They're over their wife like very dominant. Right. Over their wife, right. where their wife has no say so at all. For real. So I understand what you're saying, but we, uh, the man and the wife is equal. I believe. I believe equal. Yeah, God I made for them. sure on that. Yeah, God had made them equal. Uh, there shouldn't be no dominant. Nobody should be all shit. Man and I can barely hear you, boss. Oh, hold on. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, my bad. The wife, I believe the wife shouldn't be dominant over the man, and the man shouldn't be dominant over the wife. There should be order in the house, though. Yeah, for sure. I think everybody order. has to be on the same page as far as the household to be successful. Because, like, me and my wife, like, we on the same page. And... When I'm not on the same page with her, you know, we just kind of be in this disarray. And then one of us is right. And 99% of the time, it's normally her. But, you know, I ain't trying to hear that mess. <laughs> but, um, once I, you know, I understand there's certain things that she brings to the table that I don't see or I may not understand. And it's good to have a different perspective on certain things, you know? And I feel like when it comes to a church, the pastor and the wife's 
you know, they running it together because the pastors may only see this one road and the wife may see something different. And then, you know, they come together and then they were like, oh, wow, I didn't look at it this way or, you know, vice versa. And then, you know, I feel like discussions are meant to be made for that particular reason, you know. And um, I feel like um, pastors need to be more open to their wives when it comes to running a church because, you know, it's not about them wearing a hat and sitting in the front seat or sitting in the front, you know? I, you know, I feel like if there's something that's being discussed, um, she might be able to finesse a situation or she might be able to bring a different outlook on how you may present this message than how you're going to bring it. There's plenty of times where I was going to say something to somebody and Ashley be like, no, nah, don't say it like that. I'm like, what? She was like, nah, because that kind of comes out rude. You think so? And I may not even mean it in the most rudest way as it comes out. But in the way I may speak about something, it may come out really, really rude and disrespectful to the person that may hear it. So she'll be like, reword it this way. And I'll be like, all right. And then she'll, and then I'll be like, all right, well, hold on. Let me, let me hear your version of it. And then she'll say her version. I'll be like, oh, well, okay, I see now what you're saying. You know, it does kind of come off a little bit better than the way I was going to say it. Because some people are now, I feel like, more sensitive and they'll be more easily to be offended if you don't really pick your words and how you bring the dish to the table. You know, because, yeah, I could bring a nice plate to the table that's dressed real well and it smells good and I slam it on the table. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, and some ministers do that. They just like, oh, y'all look at my plate. Don't this look nice? Yeah. And then slam it on the table and then everybody be like, dude, you just got food all over my clothes. This is my best Sunday's best and you messed it up with the turkey and the dressing you just slammed over here on this table. You know? <laughs> So I 100% agree with that. What you say on that? 100%. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's supposed to be um, equal. It's supposed to be equal. It's supposed to be equal on um, husband and wives. But um, a man do have a role, and a woman has a role. Right. You know. Um, there's some things that men have to be strong in because he's, you know, he's a man. It's the way God made him. He's, our emotions, we we keep our emotions to ourselves. Be real. We keep our emotions to ourselves, and we're we we cry. Yeah, we do, but we hold it in. We hold it in. Right. Women, women, they express their feelings. They express their feelings. Right. And um. There's some things that um, uh, the one a woman would not be able to deal with that a man can. Yeah, and vice versa. For real. And vice versa. Right. Vice versa. And um, for a church, uh, the man will have to um, the minister or the bishop or the preacher 
also compassion, and also have to show that they're not trying to run a game. Okay, elaborate yeah. more on that. Go ahead, <laughs> talk about it. Let's talk about it. Unpack it. What you mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, they gonna have to stop. I'm just saying about what I meant by running the game. You know, in these times, uh, we got a lot of these uh, preachers that really are there for the money. People love with it. For real? Okay, talk about it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of preachers are really there for your money. Right. They, and um, scripture talks about all. It all. It talks about. I know. In um, Timothy uh, chapter six, I'm gonna go ahead and read it real quick. Was it First Timothy or Second Timothy? First Timothy. Right on. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and read verse nine. Go ahead. And I'm gonna stop at ten. I'm gonna read nine and ten. Okay. Uh, it says, "Hold on, just a minute." Okay. It says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation. Right. In a a trap. And into many foolish and harmful desire that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from their faith and pierced themselves with many griefs so I'm going to try to break that scripture down what was going on, is going on in these times is people um, like ministers you know some of these ministers they call themselves shepherds you know you're supposed to be the shepherd of your flock or the other shepherd right. of, the, of the church what's going on what's going on is have crept in in their hearts and they have the love of money love of uh, uh, sexual desires they want you know they want to get with a lot of women they marry to their wives but they want many wives right or many many spouses they want to lay with anybody so they fall into temptation right in a trap like scripture say and many foolish things they desired and plunge and it, it plunge them into ruin. It messes them up. Right. And leads them to destruction. So what's going on is, you know, scripture said we have to we shall know them by their fruit. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. We should know them by their fruit. And what that means is you need to know exactly their personality. You need to know exactly their uh, intentions there you go yeah you gotta know what you're getting yourself into before you get yourself into it that's go there you go right um you have to know and only God knows the heart of man but but he does reveal it to people you just have to have that uh, spirit of discernment right and discernment is just another word for understanding. You have to understand exactly who that person is and know their intentions and know their motives. Right. And that's probably something you got to pray for when you meet new people. Because I'm pretty sure it's not easy as a minister to 
decipher who is really needing help and because I know that job is not easy. That title ain't easy. So how do you how do you go about like if uh uh some guy is like, man, I need help on whatever the case may be, you know? Like, how do you go about that? Do you just pray for him and leave it as that? Do you do a follow-up prayer? Like, uh, what I do is um, I ask them first exactly what they need help with, exactly what's the issue. Because like you just said, it's very hard to really just... Uh, Offer help to anybody these days, and I would love to help. I would, I would love to help a person, but these days it's it's real hard. Right. It's real hard because you don't know exactly what's in that person's mind, and you don't know what he's. For example, you know, a lot of people ask you, a lot of people ask you for money, but you don't know. Right. And uh, you do can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad, man. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, a lot of people ask for money and, you know, just say, you know, I'm going for example, a lot of people, they, they ask you for your money and you just don't know exactly what they want to use that money for. Right. Because these days, you know, people want drugs and alcohol and, you know, everything, you know, they want to use it for the wrong reason. Right. And um, what I try to do at the time, I ask them exactly what they need it for. And there's times I give them, and there's times I don't. Right. I'll be, I mean, I'll be suspicious of everybody. Oh, me too. I'll be like, man. And I feel like some people feel like because you're a minister, you're not supposed to be suspicious of people. But that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. I feel like if I was a minister... I'd be suspicious of everybody because I don't know what your true intentions are. You may come over here and want to lay, and then I, I'm real ignorant about letting people lay their hands on me. I don't know where your hands been. Don't be putting your hands on me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious about it. I remember going to church. Uh, I can't remember where I went. Well, we're going to church and um. You know, uh, everybody was in there praying and this and this and that, and they called everybody else up, and I already had a funny feeling at the church. Had a funny feeling, and you, you, I don't. When I have a funny feeling, mm, I'm not going up there to get prayed for. I'm good, cause I don't want to have. I don't want to have an uneasy feeling at a church, and I dang sure don't want to have an, unfe- an uneasy feeling with a minister or a pastor, and then you want to come lay hands on me. So he was like, he called me, you, come on up here, get, you know, let me pray over you. I said, no, thank you, sir. I'm okay. <laughs> he got really offended. They were all, people were like, go on up there. Yeah, go let him pray for you. I said, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Why you don't want to go up there and get prayed for? Ma'am, we not even going to go there. I'm okay. I, I'm going to pray when I go home. You know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm all right. People, listen to me. You can't let any and everybody pray over you. I'm sorry. Now, am I wrong? Am I wrong for that? You you, you, uh, you ain't wrong about that, man. That's true. Because I don't. I I look at, and me, this may be another crazy thing. I look at ministers like 
venereal diseases. <laughs> Let me unpack why I say that. Because <laughs> I feel like because you know you you don't like I say you don't know what you're getting yourself into. They go on they you know they just lay their raw hands on any and everybody. You know they could come back with something. <laughs> they could come back with something. All I'm saying is pay attention to what's going on. And I go to a church, and I'm and I I feel like I'm really really strict and stupid behind the Lord because I don't take it lightly. It's not a game to me, you know, because I don't want to go somewhere where I have to worry about, man, is this guy even a true minister, or is this guy really just putting on, or is or does he have a fetish for a fetish for kids? I said it, but <laughs> this this is the truth stuff that you be having to deal with. Especially, I got kids, so I'm really silly about it now. I don't like my daughter. Me, I don't. I, my daughter has not stepped in a church, and it ain't that I don't want to take her to church. I just don't know where to take her where I'm comfortable. I don't even got a church where I'm comfortable being at, so I don't go, and I'm not gonna take her. Until I and I'm 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 open. I go to any church. I don't care. I go to black churches. I go to white churches. I like Mexican churches. I don't know be knowing what they be saying, but they be having a good old time, and everybody is there. And like they, I like how they they congregate. You know, they just everybody is. In, you can literally tell in a Mexican church that everybody is literally there and truly there for each other. If you ain't never been, go. Even if you don't speak any Spanish, you'll feel it because that's how they are. You know, <clears throat> some black churches, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's a hit or miss. But um, uh, I hate to cut you off. No, you good. Go ahead. What's it, it's um, it, it's it's funny, man, because uh, there's a lot of um. Boy, I mean, this is going to be very controversial, but this is unpacked. Hey, um, that's what this is for. That's what it's about. This is what it's all about. A lot of black churches. Let's start with the black churches. Let's start with the black churches. Since you went there. A lot of black churches, there are two things. One is tradition. They bear tradition. And what I'm saying about that, is they stick with so tradition so much that they don't really know what the scripture says. What okay. The says. Okay. Elaborate on that, because I'm I don't I don't I'm not fully understanding. Okay. What I'm saying is um, okay. It's a dress code. I'll go back with the black church. There's a lot of black churches that stick with dress code. Right. Uh, they want you to wear this suit. They want you to wear this dress. They want you to wear this and that. And there's some people that come in there. I understand those that come the first time they ever been in church, and they may be wearing um, they may be sagging. They may right. be sagging. A man may be sagging. A woman may have a skirt up just a little bit, a little bit too high, or something like that. 
you can slow uh, the, it's a way that you come to the person wait till you come to them and talk to them a lot of these churches these days uh, they don't uh, they, they, they frown at the person right they frown at the person uh, that just coming in they trying to find God they trying to come to Christ right. they have a, 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 a conviction in their heart they may saw uh, uh, some on the pamphlet or some are on television they may saw a preacher preaching and they said they made up their mind that they gonna go to church Sunday if all they have is what they had on and they want to get their life to Christ you as a minister you as a, a deacon you as a pew member as a believer in Christ should have compassion right and come in and, and grab them in but see what's going on is it's too many tra- the, the tradition right. and I'm gonna stick with that talk about that tradition okay uh, there's a lot of churches that like for example if I came and wear a pinstripe suit right and the church said you have to wear black this day you have to wear solid white this day you have to wear not no pinstripe it had to be checkered it had to be this and that understand rules and regulation and order in church well so many churches go a little bit crazy yeah a little bit too far <laughs> a little bit too crazy yeah and um, it's a lot of uh, tradition a lot of a uh, very very uh, tradition that's um that's gotten away from Bible. I feel like there's nothing wrong with having respect. Yeah, yeah. You know, people say come as you are, and if this is who you are, then come. But um, some people, I think, what they do is uh, they they get a little bit of too disrespectful still understand it's the house of the Lord and out of the respect for Jesus be tasteful with your dress code at least just tell somebody that you know even back in the day I didn't understand it neither I was like dude I just this is how I dress this is how I come to church and it is what it is and they were just like no you don't need to come to dress like this 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 this, this. and I'm like why but no one ever actually broke that down for me to understand it's a respect thing for Jesus Christ. Like, look, if if Jesus was to walk in here right now, you know, he might not. It's just he might be like, uh, he might not say nothing. But just out of respect, you don't go up into your grandma's house sagging. You got respect for her. Hey, I'm just asking for the same thing in return. That's it. You know, pull the pants up, put a belt on, my guy. Ain't nothing wrong with that, you know? But like you said, some people don't know how to dress. Some people slam the slam the plate on the on the table. <laughs> they just slam that plate down. <laughs> but you know what? That's where the minister's wife could have stepped in. Because she could have probably brought it a little bit more tasteful. Some women, some women, I ain't gonna lie though. Now, not every woman is got got that finesse a lot of women don't you know they don't know how to talk to people neither and I feel like if you were the type of people that don't know how to talk to people you don't need to be talking to people <laughs> <laughs> true. True. 
You don't need to be talking to people. There's too many people that don't know how to talk to people. That all they want to do is talk to people. Shut up. Please. I should be able to tell, like, look. Like, man. There's a woman at Target. I don't like her because I don't like the way she talked to people. And I and she be trying to talk to me. And I tell her, I don't, I don't, I don't really like talking to you. And she be like, why you got to be so rude? Because you rude. <laughs> what do you mean? You rude. Now you got a problem because I'm being rude to you? Honey, no, you always rude. I don't like talking to you because I don't like the way you talk to everybody. You talk to everybody rude. Well, I, I don't be trying to be rude. Well, ma'am. Maybe, have you ever thought about maybe you might need to check how you talk to people? Because even I listen to you, you talk to people rude. You might just need to go home and practice how not to be rude in the mirror when you talk to yourself. You can talk to yourself stupid all day, but you don't know how to talk to other people. And some people don't know how to do that. You know? And I feel like some people... No, go ahead, go ahead. And funny you saying that happening in the church. Right. It's happening in the church because they that most people are rude in church. Super in the church because um, they got a little power. They, <laughs> they got a little power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they they uh they use it wrong. They use that power wrong. Right. <laughs> um. Oh man. There, um, there's some rudeness that's going on in, ch- in churches. It's the way you, t- you you talk to a person. Um, supposed to have the spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. I talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, that's you got. To, you have to have the spirit, and you got to have the spirit of God to lead you how to talk, how to even talk to that person. You don't have to say all types of other crazy stuff and make that person mad. The scripture said, um, I think in Proverbs, right. a soft answer draws away wrath. Yep, that's Proverbs. That's my book. Uh-huh. It a does. soft answer draws no. away wrath. But but go ahead. My bad. No, good. I I had to learn that. I literally had to learn that. You know how bad I used to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, I I had to learn that. Now, I'll, sometimes, like, even my wife, she'd be like, you should have said something there. Uh, honey, sometimes I don't have to say nothing at all. Um, you know, I feel like I never understood this analogy until my when my grandpa told me until now, I guess. But pardon my French. He said, there are donkeys and then there are jackasses. He said, you can, he said, both of them are stubborn. But if a jackass is going to be a jackass, you let them be a jackass. And you just be up and just, you know, and some donkeys, you just, you know, let them be donkeys. But you can't move a jackass if that's all they know how to be. (laughs) So I understand that now. I don't waste energy on jackasses. No, no. That's cool. I'm not. No, I don't got no time for that. I just be like, right on, you know, because uh, there's experience is gonna be the only way to teach. That's gonna get to you, because you're not he, he, uh, you're not listening to anything that anyone is trying to tell you or teach you. You don't want to hear it, right on. 
then you finna run right into this wall. And I'm gonna sit here and watch you run into this wall. <laughs> and then don't be mad if I laugh. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm, in, I, I'm entitled to that now. Let's give you a little embarrassment real quick. That may humble you. You know, you feel embarrassed? Right on. So now let me show you. Okay? This is what I've been trying to tell you. You know, I'll be, tr be training people at work all the time. And um, I'm not going to mention this guy's name, but I was training this guy. And um, we're pulling pallets and we're working. And um, I pulled my pallet closer to the shelf or whatever. And I was telling him, this is the best way to do this. Pull it to the shelf so you can just pull the cases off and slide them to the shelf. You know, maximum effort right there. Minimum work. You know? He was like, all right, all right, cool. He said, but why? He said, but, you know, you got all these other different cases on there, man, and this and this and that. I'm like, right. I said, you just move them to the side or down stack them right here on, uh, you know, just move them off to the side and get work around. Work on the pallet in a circle, and you'll get to what you need to. He said, all right, all right. He's, and so uh, I was like, I'm going to let you go ahead and do the other pallet. He said, okay, cool. So he go grabs a pallet. And he drops the pallet at the end of the aisle. And um, the old me would have been like, what are you doing? But the new me is like, hmm, okay. I'm just going to sit back. I didn't help him. So I let him work. Just see what he was going to do. So he goes to the end of the aisle. He grabs the case. He walks it over to the shelf. This, this. He picks up literally every single case off of that pallet and walks it to the shelf. And whatever. So he's like, man, uh, he said, you're not going to help me? I said, no, nah, I'm just watching you work. You know? I'm not going to help. Or whatever. But by the time he finished that pallet, he was like, woo. I was like, you're tired, huh? He's like, yeah, man. He said, this is no joke. I said, yeah, you worked super hard. You literally picked up every single one of those cases and walked into the show. I said, now, I'm going to go grab a pallet. Just, I, I'm going to take this one back, and I'm going to grab a pallet. I want to watch, and I want you to watch me work. And whatever. I went over there, grabbed my pallet, pulled it over to the aisle, to the shelf, and just did that pallet in half the time. And I didn't break a sweat. I sat down and said, Woo! He talking about, okay, I get what you're saying now. Oh, see? You get it now. <laughs> you know? Some people you don't have to, you know, just let them do them. <laughs> let them do them. Um, funny you say that. Um, as uh, you know, since this is, this is the topic that we're still talking about as church overrated, what's have happened? It's, it's I say this: it's overrated if it's not lined up to the to the word of God. Right. There we it's go. overrated. Right. But that's if nice it's way. lined up, oh, sorry. What do you say? No, go ahead. That's a, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, if it conducts itself to the scripture, at least try to strive to uh, to do what Christ wants to do, to be, you know, followers, to do, to love each other, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, we we wouldn't be get the backlash that we get. Right. We wouldn't get the backlash that we get. And um, it's sad that church has become um, to people overrated right it's sad it ain't supposed to be but 
but it's it's sad. It's become that way. I just believe that uh, if they stick with the word of God for the, for the number one thing and then those that's really um, a follower of Christ sit down and teach their young ministers or the woman sit down and teach their young uh, daughters teach them how to be a follower of Christ how to be talk about you regardless oh yeah <laughs> um, as a you know what I've seen in a lot, of, a lot of these churches what I've seen especially the black church I'm African American um, what I've seen in a lot of black churches is the it's just it's just a lot of uh, controversy right <clears throat> a lot of controversy and a lot of uh, backbiting, a whole lot of backbiting over small things. Backbiting is backstabbing. Yeah, backstabbing. Right. Backstabbing, backbiting, uh, backbiting. Other uh, actually, it's just arguing. A lot of controversy. The same thing as controversy. Oh, backbiting is uh, old word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's old. <laughs> <laughs> Churches is like the hood. <laughs> Anyways, man, we're hurt tripping. Um, but with that being said, y'all, this is a, this is gonna wrap it up for another episode. Subscribe, my guy, uh, Reverend Bass. Uh, also has a gaming channel. You want to yes, put sir. your credentials on there? Okay. Uh, I got a gaming channel. It's called. Uh, biz man <laughs> chicken and waffles gaming <laughs> <laughs> biz man chicken and waffles gaming <laughs> how did you come up with that name <laughs> I, I don't know man I was just I was just um, thinking about uh, something and I thought about chicken and waffles and I said you know what hey it might work he was hungry <laughs> seen that out. I, you literally got a picture of chicken and waffles on there. Uh, funny story. I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, I was in California uh, right. one time. Uh, we went to the, I was with my cousin. Right. And we went to a restaurant. Uh, it was a what's that place? Anyhow, it was a real nice restaurant. And, uh, it was real late at night like at 9 o'clock. Right. And um, they ordered a uh, 
they had you know they had burgers and everything and uh, I decided to get some chicken and waffles right I said you know what I might give me some spicy chicken and waffles so man it was good it was off the chain but I took a picture of it before I ate it right and um, I still got the picture it's, it's, it's even my logo right I seen that <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, yeah that's what uh, I guess that's what inspired, inspired me to name that channel Right, right, the chicken and waffles, because it was good. That's what's up. Well, anyways, y'all, uh, Mr. Authentic 838. This is uh, Minister Reverend Marion Bass, and we will wrap this up. Um, Actually, you know what? Um, Me and him are going to do another podcast in a couple of days. Uh, what was the topic you said? Um... The topic I want to discuss with you, Mr. Authentic, is um, how to uh, how to cope with death. Oh, how to cope with death. That's the next episode, yo. So with that being said, all right, we're going to let it go. I'll holler at you guys later. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in and listening up.